Hey, on today's episode, we are discussing why we all are compared to the kosher lamp and the story of one rolling down an airport terminal. Rabunim's insight into doing teshuva solves a puzzling statement of the Rambam and Ralph Waldo Emerson's musing on the painter's use of light illuminates an incredible Torah from Rabbi Nachman. Amos Sharman and this is the Chavrusa Podcast, an exploration of timeless wisdom and ideas that have guided some of history's greatest people for over 3,000 years. Back in studio, episode 2, Baderach, Judah Michel, epic book. He compares us, people, we are like Shabbos lamps. We're all Shabbos lamps. <laughs> Shabbos lamps. Well, for those that are unfamiliar, well, I'm laughing. It reminds me of the story we were in the airport once. A group of students on the way to Poland, a one-week trip to Poland, visiting Jewish life, what it was before hundreds and hundreds of years before the war the end and we're in the airport and suddenly as we're waiting on line to board one of our students bag ripped open because they were weighing all the handbags and they were very vigilant on the exact details of the measurements of the bags and whatnot and in the haste and the pressure of being in line at the airport his bag ripped open and a Shabbos lamp came rolling out. And in front of the crowded airport is this lamp. It's very innovative. It has a cover. It's a twist cover that could turn off the light without actually turning off the electrical current that powers up the light. So on Shabbos, this is a great way to have a light source in one's room without actively activating or deactivating the light source so that is uh what happened <laughs> it didn't fit back in the bag so it was rolling down the airport it's probably the first time that any national airline has seen somebody walking down the aisle to get to their seat holding a lamp a shabbos lamp in their hands so it's pretty funny and oh so Rev. michelle says we're like shabbos lamps why because the truth of the matter is that nothing external can change us. Our factory setting, who we are in our natural state, we are pure. We intone this right after getting up in the morning. We say, My Hashem, my God, the soul that you have placed in me, it's pure, it's untainted, it's pristine. And nothing could change that. It could be temporarily covered over, like the Shabbos lamp that gets the cylinder, you turn the cylinder, it's covered. But a simple turn of it the other way uncovers and reveals that brilliant light that was always there. And that's what we are. The, the, he reads this into the statement in Mishle, in Proverbs, King Solomon says that the soul of a man is a lamp of Hashem. Ner Adonai Nishmat Adam. Hashem's lamp is our soul. And you could understand it in this context of the Shabbos lamp. That 
We are the Shabbos lamp of Hashem. So Hashem's light is here, extending through us, through our soul, that infinite light that we're a piece of, and it could get covered up by that little dinky cover. And when we engage in Teshuvah, what we're doing is uncovering that lamp. It's a twist of the cover, revealing that brilliance that was always there. And maybe that's the the accurate definition of Teshuvah, not only to recover our past missteps or to discover our future and our latent strengths that we haven't yet tapped into, but it's also to uncover. It's all there already. It's like the pockets of the prison guards of yesterday's episode with the poker, the undercover thing in the prison. That was cool. Another chapter of the book, more entry essay style than chapter. It's called Just Do It, the Nike motto. Good way to remember. And he quotes from Simchabonim of Peshischa. Rabbonim, so we have to say this one over. Simchabonim of Peshischa teaches that it's understandable. It's understandable that we do Averus, that we make mistakes. We're human beings. We're subject to various temptations that surround us. So Rabbonim says that's okay. What isn't okay is that after you do that mistake, after you do whatever you do, you have the possibility to turn back. You have the possibility to reinvent yourself, to get back up, to go forward, to do tshuva at any time. And if you don't avail yourself of these constant opportunities, I mean, the mistake is a one-time thing. Fine, you did it. But now you you have limitless amount of opportunities or until... Well, not limitless. I see, I got caught by limitless because everybody eventually dies, and so there is a limit. But essentially, in our lifetimes, it's limitless to repair our relationship with Hashem, to any mistakes that we did, to get back to it. So, says our Buddha, we're not going to be taken to task for why, you know, you didn't do this mitzvah, why you did that mistake, da 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 Because Hashem made the world. He knows that's how He made us. What we're going to be held accountable for is why we didn't do tshuva to fix what we broke. And if I remember correctly, Rabbi Itzala Belazer wrote a wonderful saver called Kuchve Ar, the stars of light, the light stars. Kuchve Ar. He wrote this in the back of Ar Yisrael. Ar Yisrael, the light of Israel, of Yisrael, is a collection of the teachings of Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, the founder of the Musser movement. Now, Rabbi Yisrael wrote those letters, but the one that compiled them was his primary student, Abitzala Petterberger. His real last name was Belazer, but because he lived in St. Petersburg, where he became the chief rabbi at the age of 20 or 21, something like that, he became known as Itzala Petterberger. Itzala is the Yiddish for, for Yitzchak. He wrote a thing called Kochveyar. And Kochveyar talks about concepts of teshuva, deep Jewish thought, in halacha, in the legal sense, in the in the philosophical sense. And one of the things there he asks is a bomb question on the Rambam. The Rambam, Maimonides, says 
that every single person should view themselves as if they are 50-50 or right in the middle of the line. There's righteous people, awesome, pious, amazing, humble, internal, is just as they're external, they're authentic, they're genuine, they're kind, they're amazing. Then on the other hand, you have people that are the opposite, superficial, inauthentic, selfish, rotten. Okay, what about me? I, I, I'm a little bit of both. So the Rambam says not only me, but everybody should view themselves as if you're right in the middle. It's 50-50, and now you just need to do one thing to tip the scales, right? Because if you're 50-50 and you could go in either direction, one little push on either of the side of the balance of the scales will push you over the top. So the Rambam says, you know what you should do? Do teshuva, especially during the season of teshuva, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, 10 days of repeta of Teshuva. Right, do it then. So, as for Bitzalabalazar, Kaychveyar, why do you have to do Teshuva? If the scales are 50 50, you know what you should do? Just do one mitzvah, do one anything, will tip the scales. Put on a pair of tzitzis, make a bracha, help out your neighbor across the street, babysit for your friends in need, say something kind to your spouse. Give attention to your kid. Whatever it is, do one good thing and you'll tip the scale. Why specifically does it have to be teshuva? And the answer is based on this idea from Rabbanim of Peshizka, that it's not about what you did, what you didn't do, but it's the opportunity right now. If you have the opportunity right now, you did something in a relationship, for example, that you regret, that happened once. But if you just completely ignore it, and every single day, every single conversation is a new opportunity to address that, to fix that, to correct that. And you don't do it. That in itself, that in itself is going to outweigh on the other side, on the on the rotten side. So you could do something nice. But if you have all this opportunity that you're squandering, that squandered opportunity is going to weigh down the, the other side. So therefore, it says the Rambam that the, when you're 50-50, what you got to do is capitalize on that opportunity instead of squandering because only that that is the vehicle to go and flip the scale i think though it's called just do it the chapter based on this following snippet here it's a story that a jew once came to the original rebbe the original rabbi israel of Rizhin, and he said rebbe I so deeply desire to do teshuva. I so deeply want to do it. But I don't know I don't know what to do about it. How do I go about it? Guide me, help me, counsel me. How do I go about it? So the original responded and said, Okay, when you made a mistake, and you did the Aver, did you know what to do? So he blushed and he's like, uh, Yeah, but that was easy. I, I had a desire and I acted upon the desire and I just did it. Ah, says the original. Exactly. So now just do the same the other way around. Right? You want to do tshuva? Just do it. The desire itself, that turn that you're turning and saying, instead of that direction, those interests, that I'm, I'm channeling it the other way, that in itself is the tshuva, and you just got to do it. And Rav Judah goes on to quote the Gemara in Avodah Zarah on page 17, talking about Elazar ben Dordia, that was his name, Elazar. And he had strayed far from the path of a Jewish lifestyle and pretty much 
epitomized the embodiment of moral constructs and all that stuff. And he was just a, a uh, desired filled lust adventurer. And the Gemara describes his lengths and expense and effort that he expended to uh, pursue these illicit sexual passions. And in the most unlikely context, he's sitting there with prostitute and it's all exchanged. But either way, he's inspired to change his life. And he's he, he feels a utter sense of embarrassment by his life's choices and he's burning with a desire for change. And what does he do? He starts to seek from the world around him some assistance in doing this. And he cries out to the mountains, begging, intercede on my behalf, ask Hashem to have mercy on me doesn't work he tries the hills the heavens the earth the sun the moon the constellations everything please please on my behalf i know i've been terrible but could you intercede with me for me with god and to his surprise nothing avails after all that begging after all everything and he finally comes to this epiphany this realization that ain hadavar taloi elabi this thing only matters, only depends on me. It's my responsibility. No sun is going to help me. No mountain will help me. And he starts feeling that awesome sense of responsibility and power and autonomy. And he starts crying. And he puts his head into his knees in the in the posture of, of teshuva, crying and crying until he passes and he dies. And a heavenly voice comes out and says, Elazar ben Durdaya is worthy of the next world. And when the story is told over to Rabbi Yehuda, at the time he was the, the prince of Judea, Rabbi Yehuda, he was so moved and he, he says, he says, there are those people that obtain the world to come after many years of work, and yet there are those who acquire that world in just one moment. Bisha'achas, in one brief moment with that tshuva was so powerful that he, he acquired the, the entire world to come as per that heavenly voice now the word sha'a does mean one moment sha'a is an hour yet it also the Magad of Mezrich points out it also means to turn to turn you look in Beratius, Parsis Beratius, in chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Vayisha Hashem el Hevel, el Menchase Hashem, turned toward Abel and his gift. And to Cain, to Cain, el Menchase, lo Sha'ah, he did not turn. So the word Sha'ah, that trajectory, that turning, with one turn, Rabbi Levi Yitzchak Bender says, Mit ein drei, with one turn, one is already a Baal Tshuva. One is already on a trajectory that is life-changing for all eternity. That pivot, that single choice sometimes that we can make in the moment of self-awareness, is incredible. One turn, b'sha'ah, chazish, 
There are people that acquire worlds in just one turn. All it is is that reshifting of that calibration. It might be going, it's not not necessarily a life cataclysmic event that you're moving across the world and you're switching careers and you're getting married. It's the same routine. You could, on the outside, it could look all the same, but inside that turn of the heart. And saying, I want this. And, and showing what you want. The same way that the originator told that Jew. The same way you wanted to do something and you acted upon it. You just did it. Here too. Like just do it. You just change that path and say, okay, this is where I want to go. That in itself is already a teshuva. And you're uncovering that light underneath the Shabbos lamp that was covered. It's that one turn of the Shabbos lamp that uncovers the great light within. The famed American essayist, lecturer, philosopher, abolitionist, poet, the leader of the transcendentalist movement in the mid-19th century, Ralph Waldo Emerson out of Massachusetts, commonly went with his middle name, Waldo, is quoted as saying the following, or he wrote it, so... It's not just that he's quoted, he actually wrote, Light is the first consideration of painters. As all painters know, <laughs> the painter community, the lifestyle of painters, check out Fabreng Inc. on your social media apps, Fabreng Inc., it's a rip on the name Fabringing. Fabringing. This is Fabring Inc. Digital artist. Amazing stuff. Fabring Inc. Maybe not on all social media. I think it's on Instagram. Either way, what do artists know, says Waldo. Waldo Emerson. Light is the first consideration of painters. There is no object so foul that intense light will not make it beautiful. There's no object so foul that intense light won't make it beautiful. And Rav Judah connects this quote to an incredible piece of Torah from Rav Nachman of Breslov in Likutei Maran, section 2, 17. And he says the following, he says, The way of Hashem is to always focus on the good which people do, even if there might be some quote-unquote, not good mixed in with it. A godly person doesn't pay attention to it. Like the Torah itself says in Bamidbar, that Hashem loy hibit oven the Yaakov. Hashem does not look at wickedness in the Jewish people. So certainly, when it comes to us, certainly it's forbidden for a person to look negatively at your fellow person. To find specifically what's not good in the person. To search for the shortcomings in the other person's religious devotions. On the contrary, the obligation of a person is, says Rav Nachman, focus only on the good. We're all mixed up. And the option is to you. What are you looking at in other people? That is, says Rav Judah, the godly perspective of righteous people. See the good in, to enlighten us all. You're the Waldo of people. Waldo was saying it in the painters. You take intense light, you'll make the most beautiful thing. 
most foul thing beautiful once again. And we could do that with people to identify it in other people and in ourselves. Shine intense light. Intense light. So tshuva was the first thing ever created. Before the world was created, says the Medrash and Tehillim, Teshuva. It's that intense light, that supernal light, that eternal light that can't be contained in the physical vessel. Thank you for listening this far. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If there's any idea that particularly resonated, have a question, comment, an insight uh, that you would have and like to share, please send it over. Make a voice note it, and then you can play it in a future episode. And if you'd like to support or sponsor the podcast, definitely open for that conversation. And you can read it five stars. You could uh, share it with your friends, family, fellow idea-oriented people, and have a great day overflowing with success.